Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have another super interview with Dr. Cam McDonald, who you may recognize from previous episodes that we've done. Now, Cam McDonald is the PH360 CEO in Australia. And he's one of the world's leading experts in personalized health and the use of genetics and epigenetics. Um, He really understands when it comes to individuals being able to understand the strengths of their unique biology and how it gives them an exact pathway to better health in a way that makes it easy for them. He's a leader, an educator, a scientist, motivator, and he's a crusader on a mission is what Dr. Cam is. And he is a wonderful guy. Now, today we are going to be talking about the stress response, what happens in the body when you are under stress. We are also going to be talking about how that pertains to your specific health type or your body type with your specific genetics and how different people react in different ways to stresses and how genetics actually makes the 50% contribution to this whole thing. Um, We're also going to be looking at resilience and stress management um, and how to build a better, more resilient, stronger you. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Cam McDonald. If after listening to this episode, you're keen to do the epigenetics program, which we are steeped in and have been using for a number of years now with our athletes and with corporates and with individuals wanting high performance, people dealing with very difficult health journeys, then we'd love you to check out what we do. Head on over to lisatamati.com and push the button, work with us, and you will see our peak epigenetics program there. You can either jump on a live webinar with us. We have one every couple of weeks, or just reach out to us or just sign up for the program. It will be life-changing for you. It will help you optimize every aspect of your life, not only your, your food, and your exercise, which everybody wants to know about and what's right for you, but also everything to do with your mood, behavior, the brain function, what social environments you'll do well in, what physical environments you'll do well in. And we touch on some of these topics in today's episode. So head on over to lisatarmody.com under the work with us button. You'll see that there. Um, Before we head over to Dr. Cam, just a reminder too, we have our premium membership for the podcast, Pushing the Limits, open now. We would love you to come and join our VIP tribe. We've been going now for five and a half years with this podcast, and it is an absolute labor of love, and we really need your support to keep us on air, to help us uh, spread the information from these world-leading experts to you. So if you like what the whole podcast is about, if you can spare just a few dollars a month, it's really a cup of coffee or two a month, depending on what level you want to join us at. Um, we would really appreciate that. And for your troubles, of course, we have a lot of premium member benefits for you there over on that uh, patron.lisatarmati.com URL. So that's patron, P-A-T-R-O-N dot lisatarmati.com. And lastly, before I head over to Dr. Kemp, Please check out my new longevity and anti-aging supplement. Um, I've uh, co-founded a company here that is doing any men's supplements with Dr. Alina Siranova, a molecular biologist. And this is a NMN is a very powerful compound that's a vitamin D3, uh, vitamin B3, sorry, derivative that helps upregulate the sirtuin genes and improve longevity and 
autophagy and lots of great things in the cell. So if you want to know a little bit more about the science behind NMN, why you should have it, then please check out our website at nmnbio.nz. That's nmnbio.nz. Right, over to the show with Dr. Cam McDonald. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Super excited to have you with me here again today. I have a repeat offender on the show, Dr. Cam McDonald, who's coming on for how many times is this? Number three, I think, Dr. Cam? I think, yeah, it is number three. Yeah, we've done a combo. We've done uh, a solo and now another solo. What a treat. (laughs) Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about resilience, stress, and immunity, and how to personalize your protocols and your lifestyle interventions for your particular genetic type to increase your resilience and immunity. So, Dr. Cam, where should we start with this big topic? It's a big, it's something that everyone's talking about at the moment is immunity and, you know, lowering stress levels, because when we're stressed, when we're, you know, got lots of stress hormones running through us all the time, which I think you and I probably both do to a certain degree with our jobs and uh, lifestyle and our genetics, um, how do we manage that on a day-to-day basis and how do we personalize that and understand it in regards to our own sort of body makeup and our health types? That's a great opening question, Lisa. That is as broad <laughs> as you like. So probably, I reckon that the best way that we would start with this is um, is just by defining these things like stress and, and, and resilience and even immunity. So uh, I guess stress... Uh, can be defined as anything that um, takes our body away from homeostasis. So we're, we're calm, we're, we're cool, we're collected, we're lying in bed. Waking up and putting your feet on the floor actually creates a stress on our vascular system. You know, our, our yep. blood has to start moving harder because it's now moving against gravity. That creates a little bit of a stress. That's taken us away from that resting state. And so if you prolong that or put the wrong kind of stress on somebody, um, then it creates damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, the really cool thing about the stress cycle is that if you recover, then that your body learns. So it goes, all oh, right, I got damaged here and I'm now going to learn about that. And in my recovery, I'm going to get stronger so that that same stress when I get exposed to it again, doesn't affect me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, and I guess some examples of stress might be, you know, exercise is a stress. We don't think about it that way. We think, oh, what's positive exercise is positive. Yeah. Yep. But exercise is actually a stress. It makes us um, feel, uh, it actually puts a demand on our body. And you, yep. you'll know running your ultra marathons that your body is not in its best health at the 90 kilometer mark. <laughs> no, definitely um, it, is, it is at its best health probably before the race starts. And then your body is exposed to a prolonged period of stress. But then you do that, your body then rests and recovers and you get stronger so that you can get up and do it again. Yep. But then there's other stresses, you know, like our workload and being underslept and uh, <clears throat> eating the wrong food, um, and being in relationships that create stress, all of these things put a demand on our body and our mind. Yep. Uh, and this tells the body that there's some sort of emergency. And so in that emergency, we have to take action, we have to cope, which we can expand on. And then we have then we have then we get very tired and we get exhausted. Um, and then that's when we need to recover. Yep. So for me, a stress is really anything that takes us away from that rested state yep uh if it's short and the right kind of thing and then we recover we get stronger if it's prolonged and there's no recovery then it can help us deteriorate and lead to very poor health and lowers our immune system as well um and then when it comes to resilience resilience is about being exposed to stress 
but being able to handle it. Yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> when it's it's different to recovery in that, you know, you're getting stronger resilience is in you are in the stress. And generally, if you have, I like to think of resilience as having resilience juice. You've got a certain amount um, based on your capacity to tolerate stress. And so, um, you know, the training that you've put in, the mindset that you have gives you more juice. So then in any given stress, you can tolerate it better and push forward. And, and I'd have to say that resilience Oh, stress is essential. And so we have to have stress to grow. Therefore, mm. we must have resilience to be able to tolerate that stress so that we can continue growing. If we run out of resilience, we don't want to expose ourselves to stress ever, but this doesn't allow us to grow then. So um, this is where I see those two things interplaying. And then the immune system is one of those things that um, you can have an underactive immune system that isn't mounting a good response, or you can have an overreactive immune system, which is actually then attacking your own body, autoimmune conditions. Um, and so we're really looking, when we're look, talking about immune health, we're talking about that sweet spot right in the middle where we're aggressively fighting things from the outside, but protecting our own tissues and organs at the same time. So I reckon that's a place to start. We can go from there. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> you just done, you did that so well. So I think, so stress, resilience, and immunity are all interlinked and we need a certain amount of stress. And we talk about like hermetic stresses and how good they are for our bodies because they cause a cascade of events. When I hop into the sauna, it's, you know, hot and I'm sweating and that's causing response in the body. I don't want to be in there for three hours though, because that's going to kill me probably. But a small, short, you know, sharp shock can often be helpful in creating a hermetic stress. So what we're trying to do is avoid the chronic stresses, the sort of stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, that builds up over time and then the stuff that's going to be negative uh, for our mindset and our and our ability to cope. So when we have a stress response, Dr. Kim, what actually happens in the body? So I don't know, someone cuts you off in traffic or you get a nasty email from your boss or something like that, or you have a fight with your spouse or what's actually going on on a physiological level? Yeah, awesome. So um, uh, there's a really beautiful model uh, that talks about the stages of stress uh, uh, designed by Hans Sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has stood the test of time and is definitely the way that we need to understand stress. So we have our, it's a four-stage model with the, the first stage being homeostasis. When you're just chilling out, like you're sitting in the car, there's no real stress. You're just driving along. Um, what happens when you get cut off or the boss yells at you or, uh, or says, I want to see you in, actually probably the boss saying, I want to see you in my office in, uh, in 10 minutes, yeah, in an hour, even better. Yeah. And so, what happens in that first stage of stress is you become neurally alert, alarm stage, it's called. Essentially, all of your senses will become more alert to say, what's going on here? Uh, and what do what kind of information do I need to pick up from the environment to make sure that I'm going to be okay? So you go to alarm phase. It's like, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> and so that's where we get anxious this which is a worry about the future it's like what could possibly be coming in our future and so that alarm stage and another way to think about it is you're standing on the start of a uh, 800 meter race you know so you've got that um that nervous energy the gun hasn't gone off yet it's all in your brain yeah so that's alarm stage one alarms uh, so and then we go into resistance stage two Resistance stage is where we are now in the fight. We're now in the boss's office defending ourselves or we are 
in the 500, race. 500 metres through the race where our body, it's now no longer a matter of I've got to be alert to the environment, but rather I've now got to get in and fight and I've got to cope. And so uh, this coping thing is something that we're doing all of the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and the, the great example obviously would be, you know, for, for yourself in a, in a long distance run, your body has to cope with all of the stress of continuing when your body wants to stop. And genuinely it says, I, I want to stop. This stress is, is, is not fun. Yep. I want to stop, please. <laughs> the same thing goes for um, your, you've had a bad night's sleep for five nights in a row and now you've got to front up at work yep. and you have to cope with the tiredness. And so that coping is resistance stage two, what your body does to cope. In stage one, our nervous system becomes aware. In stage two, our blood pressure goes up. Our blood sugar levels go up. Our uh, blood fats go up. Our um, everything that's going to support energy release in the body and making sure that we can maintain a very high level of energy. They are going to be the systems that go up. And so, you know, because when you're 500 meters to a race, your blood pressure, if it drops, you won't have enough blood to pump around your body. So <laughs> in order to cope, it has to keep your blood pressure up. If you're tired and underslept, your body, in order to cope with the workload, it needs to have a blood pressure that's going to allow you to stay awake. You need to have blood sugars that give you fuel. You need yep. to have blood fats that give you fuel. Yep. And so in stress, your body breaks down muscle. It's catabolic. It turns that into carbohydrates for your brain and it breaks down fat tissue and turns it into fats for your body. Your blood pressure goes up. And so now we have this essentially, if you have a, a 500 meter race, it would look like a hundred meter race. It would look like you have sort of diabetes and high blood pressure. If you were to take a snapshot of that race. And I've done that in the middle of things and then yep. like, like at the end of interval training sessions. And I took, I remember taking my blood sugar. I'd been fasting for 18 hours, did an interval yep. training session, took my blood sugars and it was at 9.5 and I had a heart attack. And I went like, what the hell? Exactly. Hopefully you didn't have a heart attack, but you no, were definitely but I... looking like a profile. I know that <laughs> yeah. Your profile would have. So this is what's so important is that that exercise, that undersleep, it makes your body cope and blood pressure isn't bad. Blood pressure is keeping you awake. High blood sugars aren't bad. They are providing fuel for your brain. Blood fats aren't bad. High triglycerides aren't bad. They are keeping your body fueled. And so we see these things as bad things, but in fact, they are our coping mechanisms. Without them, we wouldn't be able to get through the day. Right. In the short term. In the short term. And this is the problem is that you'll then persist with this. But before we get there, what happens in your resistance phase, it essentially assumes that you are being chased by something very urgently you need to get away from, like a saber-toothed tiger, essentially. Yeah. And so your immune system goes, well, I don't have the energy to, to like tackle these bacteria, to mess with this virus, to I just need to make sure that I can supply as much fuel out to my bones and my muscles and my as I can so that we can get out of here. And then I'll worry about my bacterial infections later. <laughs> and so while we're in this coping phase, your immune system gets suppressed. It goes down. Um, and this is why, you know, in some autoimmune conditions, they actually use very strong uh, immune suppressants yep. to reduce the immune system because yep. it's the immune system in stress depresses and so in coping phase um if it's really short happy days because you your body can tolerate that that's what it's designed for but then it's been now 12 weeks of low sleep lots of coffee which increases your alarm stage pushes your blood pressure up um 
you are, you're working really hard, so you've got that mental stress as well. And then over a prolonged period of time, your body hasn't had a chance to recover. And so then you then go on holidays. And, and what happens? Yeah, you get, you get sick. sick. <laughs> and you think that this is your body uh, being even more sick. We think I'm sick, so therefore my body is even worse than it was at work. But what's happened is that you've just delayed your immune system to turn on, even though your body was just as sick, probably more sick. What happens now in stage three is exhaustion phase or recovery right. phase. Right. And so your body, in order to gain growth, like get stronger from a workout, you know, you take a muscle to temporary fatigue when you're lifting weights. And what happens? Uh, your muscle gets exhausted, can't lift another weight. It then rests for 48 hours and it comes back stronger. Mm -hmm. So this exhaustion phase is actually really important. But what happens when you get sick? Your body, your brain, it's like as you turn off work, your brain finally dials down that internal stress, that reason to cope. And so now you don't have to cope anymore. Yep. And so all of your recovery mechanisms now increase. And one of the best ways for your body to recuperate as quickly as possible is to lie flat on your back for a week. So I'm going to make you incredibly sick. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to tackle all this bacterial, these viral infections. I'm going to recover your body. I'm going to try and replenish your nervous system. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do that as quickly as possible. And so I'm going to drive a lot of symptoms that help our body slow down. Yep. so that you do take some rest because our body <laughs> is speaking to us. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. saying, hey, you've been going too fast for too long. You need to rest and recover. I'm going to make that happen now. I'm going to make right. it hard for you to get up. Your body's actually on your side. Um, and we see this even at a day-to-day -day level, whereas if you get tired throughout the day, so you wake up in the morning, you've got some really important stuff on. You have some coffee that even puts even more alert and cope into your system. You're then pushing hard all day long. You're on your best behavior at work. Yep. You then get home and your brain switches off yep. and you're not yet sick, but your brain is so exhausted that it, switches off, at least the prefrontal cortex does. Yeah. And, and so you which is your control. Horrible and person. So you become this person who hates their family all of a yes. sudden. And you don't understand why. You're irritable, you shitty. Exactly. Had so one of those a, last night. Did you? No, we all do. I think I, I've, I've stepped out of a few of those myself. And so we have this short-term experience of stress and then recovery, which is exercise, like short-term stress, recover, get stronger short-term stress of day-to-day, -day, you know, but it's probably a bit longer than what our body would like. We get stressed. We have to recover. We have to recover with rest. Uh, but if we don't get that rest, then it'll express itself through shortness. We won't have that tolerance that we had at work um, because we don't have that as much cope on. We're exhausted. Yes. Wow. That's just really that's so pertinent to what I did last night. Got well, very shitty. Had to go for a very long walk. Yep. And and because I'd had a hard, stressful day, and this is exactly what happened, you know, had a bit of a meltdown and then came home and got my shit together. But, um, <laughs> you know, she do. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and I the, know to go for a walk. Exa exactly. And and one of the biggest, um, probably just to expand this to one final timeline, is that you, you do this for 10 years yeah. and your body says, I need you to stop completely. And that's yep. a heart attack. Yep. So it's like, You've been coping for long enough. Your blood pressure's been high enough for long enough. Your cholesterol's been high enough for long enough. So much so it's created damage because there's yeah. been no recovery. So 
now I'm going to stop you for six months yeah. because it's been so long since we stopped last time. And so the, the key part of this stress piece is you can experience any stress, but it's about the recovery that is most important. If you recover appropriately, you can you get stronger and then you'll repeat that stress again. And this is where the resilience comes in is because if you see stress as a positive, even stress at work, and you have the, like a really tough day at work, and you go, whoa, I've learned how my body responds in stress. I'm going to learn. I'm, I now know how to deal with that situation better. Yeah. That resilience mindset right there, that allows you to actually lean into those lessons, recover, and actually get a lesson the next time as well. But if you've got a mindset that this stress is killing me, then you don't fully recover and you and your mind will actually create more stress on top the next time you experience the same thing as well. Wow. And so this is where that resilience piece and that mindset is not just physical, is like how much can you tolerate, how much can you cope physically before your body cuts it, but also um, how much, you know, how are you shaping your thoughts around this stressful experience as well? Wow. So and and just having a better mindset and more presence and more awareness and more mindfulness essentially will actually improve your immune system because you don't go into the same level of stress because you've got a mindset that is able see. to yeah, exactly. But you can see things coming, sort of thing, and, and try right. to t- try to head it off at the past, sort of thing, before the because we, you know, we all, you know, I think for years and years, I, you know, heard people say, oh, stress, you know, stress is bad for you. You're going to have a heart attack if you keep going at that rate, that type of, you know, talk that you hear, but you don't understand really the mechanisms that are at play in this game and what what's actually happening. Um, and the, the situation with our lives at presently, you know, what we've got you know, COVID in the world, which has caused, like, as, as a society, this huge amount of stress and uncertainty and all of these sorts of things. So now is a particularly important time to to work on these tools and to be able to, you know, build our resilience. And one of the things, like, I wanted to mention there was that if you are uh, like us, you know, hard-charging, type A personalities, got a lot of stress hormones anyway, mm. Um you have, you know, when I was younger, it's especially it was like, you know, just toughen up, just yeah. work harder and, you know, like just deal with it. And, you know, if you're tired, work bloody harder, you know, instead of going the opposite. And that works for a certain amount of time until it doesn't. And then you burn out. And, you know, so, so let's look at now um, how different health types, you know, because Dr. Cam, as everyone knows, hopefully who listens to the podcast, is uh, the CEO of PH360. Um, this is a genetic program that we look at the epigenetics and how your environment is affecting your, your life and your health. So let's look at like how do and why do different people react differently to the same stressor? You know, why can somebody have something horrible happen to them and get up the next day and carry on and the other person's down for the count? You know, what, where yeah. is this personalization coming in? Yeah, so, so what's so fascinating about how we develop and how we grow as individuals from the womb, and we've discussed this on previous podcasts as well, is that we have certain stresses that will be more stressful for us than for other people. For example, you look at a sumo wrestler, right? A sumo wrestler, if they get pushed by a 60-kilogram, uh, you know, 15-year-old boy, they're going to go, oh, 
that's that's not a stress at all. In fact, it tickles a little bit, you know, versus then you look at him, that 15-year-old boy push an infant, that's very, very different to the experience of stress. And so obviously that's a quite an extreme example, but I wanted yep. to, to make the point, or even if another 60 kilo, 15-year-old person, they push them, it creates a different type of stress. Yep. And so physically we are different. Mentally, we are also different as well. And behaviorally, um, we, genetics determine over 50% of our personality or at least 50% of our personality. Wow. And so how we respond to different things is built into our biology as well and into our genetics. And so what we see uh, is that different people will actually appear in these phases of stress differently as well. And so um, a person uh, like us, so we've got, we've got crusaders in the senses in the PH360 uh, model. Yep. Essentially, the way, just for a quick background, um, how we develop in the womb uh, determines which organs and hormones are going to be dominant in our body. Mm-hmm. Um, those then contribute to how our body shape and size actually develop. Yep. So um, we have some individuals that develop from the layer of the embryo that is more predominant in the nervous system. Yep. So the nervous system actually gets more fuel. More the musculoskeletal yep. system and the digestive organs, they get less fuel. And so we end up with a body that has less muscle, uh, less fat, less bone generally, a very fine, delicate structure, um, and hormones that make them, and a nervous system that's very heightened, and hormones that make them very heightened as well. Lots of noradrenaline, dopamine. And so when we look at, you know, a very lean, delicate individual, um, when we think about how they're going to tolerate stress, if they get left out in the jungle, um, we know that their ability to tolerate that stress is going to be lower because they have less reserves on their body. They have not as much time before they starve because they're, their fat tissue and muscle tissue just isn't as great as somebody with a much more substantial body. And so these things are, are being determined very early on in their life. And so when we when we talk about stress for this individual, their nervous system is the thing that protects them from stress because they don't have big, strong muscles that are going to help them fight. They don't have a big reserve. They have a very high nervous system. And so they spend a lot of their time in stage one stress. When they go into stress, they immediately start thinking about the future and where is my certainty in the future coming from? So they're much more prone to be anxious in a stress because as soon as their environment gets disrupted, they uh, they start processing neurally to escape. They have to think their way out of trouble. Yeah, um, yeah. And the things that stress them, sorry, so you say? Yeah, they can't fight their way out, so they have to think, use their brain. <laughs> they have to make a sweet uh, recovery station up in a tree somewhere where they're safe from predators and set some traps because they don't want to be in hand-to-hand combat. Like They need really need to be strategic about it. And so um, what we know is the types of things that stress this person is cold, firstly. If, if they're very, very cold, their body doesn't have the muscle or the fat tissue to stay warm. And that really drains their energy levels. Um, And so temperature is huge. So if you put this person in lots of air conditioning, um, it actually makes them stressed. This is why we have so many people in offices stressed by sitting in air conditioning or why they're wearing three or four scarves because temperature is so important to be controlled, but they can't control it. They actually need external heat to control their temperature well. Um, We also know that their nervous system is more heightened because the way that they protect themselves is to be in stage one most of the time. Yeah. So they need to uh, essentially be on high alert. So any noise, 
people doing random things and uh, like when I say random things, lots of people around them, people are a little bit unpredictable. So their brain is alert to unpredictableness and so unpredictability, I should say. And so we have cold, we have lots of noise, we have lots of people, um, <clears throat> people touching them lots. All of these things is going to overload their nervous system, which right. is the their, mm-hmm. the thing that they need to they stay need. safe. Yeah, And yep. this creates an enormous amount of stress. As a result, this person is going to need to spend more time in the warm by themselves. Um, and sense. this is because that allows them to dial their senses down and come out of stage one. Wow. Because any noise, any cold is like an alert to their body saying, this environment's not safe. Um, and when it comes to how they can manage stress, their mind is very, very important. If they can calm their mind and also have very, very clear uh dot points on what they're trying to achieve and very clear outcomes and guidelines that brings a whole lot of peace to their brain because if they're working with known rules i have my rules and if i apply this rule then my future is now certain and i don't have to worry about the future anymore because i'm following the rules and so everything for their body is very neural it's like how do i create certainty how do i reduce the amount of mental alertness that i have and you need to reduce the amount of mental stimulation. So this will often come along with long, slender bodies with less muscle tissue, less fat tissue. Um, And in order for them to feel best, they need to have a very clear mind, a calm mind with a very calm environment. And so you can see, though, they would spend a lot of time in stage one constantly checking out the environment. Yeah. Um, And that itself can be very exhausting. Uh, And so if they're in an environment where they're constantly on, like in a really crowded place or in a nightclub or at a festival where there's lots of people and lots of noise, it will, they'll be in cope just trying to, you know, uh, manage all of the nervous stimulation and they'll become exhausted quite quickly because their physical resilience is not as great. They get drained very easily because the nervous system gets tired very easily. Whereas that's very different for other people, but I'll, yeah. I'll let you. Yes, yeah, so 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 that's for the, the slender, slight built, not much muscle person. Let's go to the opposite end of the scale and look yep. at someone like a guardian or a connector, yep. uh, who has a lot of muscle mass, a lot mm-hmm. more predisposition to having more adipose tissue and so on, um, and they've developed in the womb with a lot of uh, energy going into the digestive system. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah. Can you explain then the opposite end of the wheel? So what are these people going to, when is it going to be stressful for them and how do they cope with stresses? Yeah, perfect. So this individual, um, they have more hormones like prolactin and they are more likely to be insulin resistant. They have a slightly slower thyroid as well. We know subclinical hypothyroidism is, is very common for this, these individuals. These are bodies which are much more like the sumo wrestler. They are bigger, stronger, the most amount of muscle, the most amount of fat tissue they can accumulate it. They don't have to. Um, they have the strongest bone structure. And essentially, all of these hormones set up and these metabolic environment sets up for conservation of energy and to protect other people. Prolactin is actually a very protective hormone. It's I need to protect other people. Yep. And they respond very well to connection. And so when you've got a body... So the first body that we spoke about is actually quite selfish. I need to look after myself first Yep. uh, versus this body, the way that it's built psychologically and behaviorally due to the hormones that it has and the genes that are playing out, they will be very protective and very nurturing of the people around them. 
Why are they able to do that? It's because they have this capacity. They have prolactin and insulin and growth hormone and IGF-1. All of these hormones actually help you become bigger for any given circumstance. If this person has more fuel, they will put on more weight as a result of that same amount of fuel. They will conserve better. They will add mass better. And so when you've got this really strong body, very substantial body, you are able to protect others and not be at risk of, of draining your own energy levels because you have so much more. And so what happens here is when this person goes into stress, it's when other people look like they're in stress. The people that they care about very yep. closely, yep. if those people are in stress, their nurturing protective hormones fire up and go, oh, and they go into a worry state. Yep. And then they start worrying about everybody else. Wow. Um, and so, but what's really interesting about this, evolutionarily, this body, when the community experienced stress, their body would go into conservation. Because if everybody was experiencing stress, it means the food supply was about to run short or we're about to go to war or about to move camp and we're not certain about our food supply. So the way that I'm going to manage this is I'm going to gain as much weight as possible so that when the famine does come, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be able to support everyone and not have to eat. So it becomes this incredible famine protection. And so what we see when this person goes into stress, um, they what yeah, happens the is... They, they conserve energy. They actually go into exhaustion phase. They rest and recover more. They eat more food, which puts them into rest and recovery. They do less exercise wow. because if they use energy when they're stressed, they think, oh, but what is everybody else going to have? And so their body, instead of going into hyper alertness and hyperactivity and use all of your energy to think this through, this body actually goes into laziness, into cravings of food. And often the stresses that are created, it's not the temperature. This person's very well insulated. It's not the nervous system because this body can really tolerate a lot of physical stress, stress and strain yeah. and mental strain for that matter. Um, it is uh, disconnection from the family. Yep. Uh, if they feel disconnected from the people that they're close, if they see stress in their family, they will feel um they'll feel like the community is threatened and that will create stress for them. If they're eating uh, very high sugar foods, in fact, it represents a stress because oh, if my blood sugars are high, then I must be stressed and therefore I need to conserve more. And so the body is able, so that actually creates a stress as well. Um, doing very, very high intensity exercise in the morning can be a stress for them yeah. because this is when prolactin levels are highest, when nurturing is going to be most well uh, executed by this person, I guess. You wake up in the morning and you nurture the people around you. Yep. If you're out there burning all of this very high-intensity energy, it actually sends the stress levels, the cortisol levels higher, which is a coping hormone yep. in that stage two. And then this person, um, they will actually experience a high level of cortisol for the next few hours, which then makes them insulin-resistant and helps them store weight. It's like wow. if I'm spending all my energy and running around in the morning, then there must be something wrong with my family because my I'm not family. looking after them. And so, so they put on weight when they do high intensity. And it's it's so fascinating. We'll know this. We have people all of the time who do 12 weeks of a boot camp first thing in the morning, <laughs> eat exactly what they're told, and they don't lose weight or they gain a little bit of weight. Yep. Um, and so this person gets stressed from that social disconnection, first and foremost. Yep. And then they can actually live fasted quite well. You know, uh, they're they're very, very good at it. Um, but when they do get stressed, instead of going into stage one and more alertness, they don't have to be alert because 
they've got resilience. Yeah. They go into late stage two, they go into cope, um, but they also crave and they use less energy and they conserve. And so wow. that late stage two and stage three is where they enter into the stress cycle. It's um, They don't go through this big worry of the future. They they more go into reflecting on the past and, and feeling down and their energy levels come down as well, which is the recovery state. So, and this is why they're able to gain and grow because in recovery, you grow and you gain. In stress, you spend and you wither. But uh, these guys grow and gain in stress, and that's because they enter the stress uh, stages at a different place. And they so that, that, that's why for the the slighter build person, actually will lose weight when they're under stress. And, and bone, and osteoporosis is hugely so sarcopenia. Yep. Exactly, yes. And the heavier person will actually put on weight when they're under stress because the, the same stress hormones, but they come in in different stages and for different reasons in that person's life. And so the person who's of a heavier build and a heavier uh, bone structure, and they are going to be craving more of those bad foods when they're in a stressed out state. So they'll be... Uh, searching out for the, you know, the deep fried, the, the, because from an evolutionary perspective, that's what's happening, isn't it? They, they, we, we, we are driven to find those high caloric, high GI foods, which were very scarce back in the day. And unfortunately they're not so scarce now. And that's so right. that becomes a real problem for this group of people. Yes. Um, and then let's look at the third one, uh, the mesomorphs. Yes, which, you know, I sort of, I'm a little bit of mesomorph, a little bit ectomorph, um, but the more muscular, you know, high intensity people who do well under that, what's happening in their bodies? Yeah, cool. So just to give a bit of a summary right now, essentially what we've got is different bodies in stress will go towards their safe zone. Right. So uh, yeah. those those leaner, more delicate bodies will go within themselves. They'll try and be alone so that they can create certainty. Because certainty in their future creates safety for them and warmth as well um, versus, and, and so they will crave to provide warmth. They'll go for warm foods and for high sugar foods that supply their nervous system versus the guardian will go towards safety in the heavier that I am, the safer my community is yeah. because I'll be able to protect them for longer. And so if I go for these low energy, like if I don't do much exercise and if I eat lots of food, uh, the brain will actually motivate them to do less exercise and eat lots of food. Uh, that then creates weight. Weight creates stability. Stability creates safety for the community. Wow. And so when we go to the activator, um, the activator is that the pure, the body that's developed uh, predominantly with their musculoskeletal system, their adrenal glands um, are very, uh, and their sex organs are developed. And so they are higher in adrenaline and very sensitive to testosterone. And this makes them, when they are thinking about their best form, it's uh, uncertainty is high adrenaline, which makes them feel good. Um, also, competition and winning. Variety also creates uncertainty as well. So this body is searching for variety, uncertainty, competition, a bit of risk Challenge. in order to feel normal, <laughs> which is very different to the other bodies as well. And so when the things that create stress for them is the feeling of being trapped. Um, the feeling of uh, being limited because they like to break out, they like to be free, they like to, they like <laughs> to be in charge, um, and they also they don't like to be told what to do. They don't like rules. Mm -hmm. So anytime that there's a rule in place, they'll be irritated by it. They'll look to break it out, and they they have to 
they have because they have this big adrenal outflow they get all of this energy just generate very very quickly and it must come out yeah and so the thing that creates stress for them is when that energy can't get out yeah. so i don't have someone that i can express with yeah, yeah. yep um, or I can't move my body. Movement is actually the way that they can use a lot of this energy as well because their musculoskeletal system is all tied into their dominant development. And so when we're talking about um, this body in stress, it actually kind of likes a bit of stress because adrenaline is there and winning is kind of stressful as well. The thing that's going to create problems for them is that if they can't step into this space, they can't step into competition. They can't step into a bit of risk. They are told exactly what to do. Um, they also have more oxidative stress as well when they do things. They do things at high intensity. And so the body that gets developed out of this is shorter, more muscular. The typical, if you look at the top uh, 10, um, the top 10 CrossFitters in, on the planet, yep. uh, particularly in the guys, that's a really good depiction of a shorter, muscular, uh, fiery, short intensity. In the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That that body is exactly what we're talking about right here. Love a bit of challenge, love a bit of competition. CrossFit is made for this environment, made for this body. <laughs> yeah. And so um, what we need to do for this body is not stop it from experiencing stress because it actually will move towards that in order to get its adrenaline. We actually need to make sure that it recovers appropriately. Right. And so what happens for this body is um, – like it'll be, it'll be walking around in their day and they'll say, oh, hey, we've got this new thing over here. Do you want to do that? And they go, yes, I want to do that. And then they're at work and they go, oh, we've got these new projects. Oh, yes, I'll be part of that. Yes, I'll be yeah. part of that because their adrenaline is starting. We things. can do this. I love this. <laughs> exactly. And so they go high intensity into action. But because they've now got so many things stacked up and they're happy to drop one thing and then move straight to the next, um, that means that they never get a break from their adrenaline. Yeah. And so when that happens, they get more oxidative stress. Their joints start getting very sore. They get pent up and frustrated and they can just become quite exhausted. And so they enter into stage two uh, with their stress response. So they don't, they don't think about the, the stress. They don't think about worry and wor what's going to happen in the future. They don't go through that alarm phase. They go straight into fight. Like, I'm going to cope with this. I'm going to get into it here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to take action. And so immediately they go from doing nothing to doing everything very, very quickly, very high-intensity change. And so when that happens, they need to expel their energy. Uh, and they the, the way that they can expel their energy is by verbalising it and just talking it out. And they've got to have someone who uh, doesn't argue back and I'm at fault with this many times with my, my partner. She's an, an activator and she'll express and I won't just sit there and listen like I should, uh, but rather I um, I fight back. <clears throat> um, but this, uh, this essentially, these bodies generally, they need to expel energy. It can be verbal, but the best is physical, physical. exertion. If they do really high-intensity physical exercise, it will make them feel a whole lot better. But it only goes for 20 to 30 minutes and then they have to stop. Yeah. Then they have to stop completely and turn their adrenals off. And one way that you can do that is by lying on your back for 15 minutes, which actually turns off the uh, the, the outflow of ACTH, which is your adrenocorticotropic hormone. It's the yes. hormone that comes from your brainstem yep. that says um, wow. the, the, you should release adrenaline. And so if you lie flat on your back, it allows this body to fully recover. So this body is going to naturally step into stress. It's actually a time base is to be in a bit of stress. 
but what they miss out on is recovery, spending time with fun people, calm people, um, spending time light, like just absolutely resting, stopping throughout the day and just allowing their body to, uh, to calm down. That's actually what this body needs. And so when we're talking about managing stress, the first thing we need to do for this body is not make sure that everyone's okay like, and make sure their social circle's okay. It's not make sure you've got all the rules and the processes and time alone like yeah. we have for the other couple of bodies. But for this body, we need to make sure that they exert their energy and then eat regularly. And yep. so uh, because what eating does is it puts them into stage three of recovery. And so if they're eating six meals per day, they're putting themselves into mini recovery sessions throughout the day because their body has to digest. And what happens to this body when they don't eat is they get very hangry. This is the hangriest body. And so we have this situation where they're acting frustrated or intolerant, and it's not because they're not a good person. It's because they haven't eaten. And it's if they eat, then all of a sudden they feel so much better and they deal with things in such a different way. The same thing goes after exercise. And so we have very, very different strategies. We've only spoken about three kind yep. of generals where there are six and then everybody is individual within that. But these give you the major, major type yep. of variations that you see based on how we develop and how our genes work. Just a quick question on the on the activator on the mesomorph there, um, in regards to autophagy, because uh, yes. I think we briefly talked on this last week, but I did a whole session on autophagy uh, with uh, Dr. Serenova, and um, you know intermittent fasting is a big thing. But how do we, how does it, how does an activator do it then if they want to get the benefits of autophagy, but they they can't go without food for long periods of time. Well, they need six meals a day, which is the opposite of what you'd advise for someone on the endomorph side of the the wheel. Yeah. Um, how how are we getting you know uh, our autophagy going without causing the hangries and without? Yeah, great question. So the first thing, and I guess you can apply this question to all of the groups. Like the the longest, leanest group are going to do the least well with lots of fasting because they've got a metabolism that just needs lots of fuel to stay up and about. And if you make them fast for too long, they actually get very very tired, which is a little bit destructive um the but short fast no problem you know like a, a meal or a day uh but but generally it's still providing some carbohydrates is going to be important throughout their day but they can get away with it um but it's just going to be for a shorter period of time the more substantial body can deal with fasting for extended periods of time and so their body is actually set up to benefit significantly from fasting yeah the 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 third version that we've spoken about, the high intensity, high oxidative stress type individual, if they are going to be engaging in using lower food intake or fasting to stimulate uh, autophagy, then they want to be reducing their activity at the same time right. and they want to be practicing some really calming activities because so, they need to yeah. uh, make sure that they can dispel the energy or not, yeah, dispel the energy through like a calm activity. Um, as opposed to uh, relying on the high intensity activity or not be stressed in the first place. So they need to get themselves into a very calm place environment with less competition, with less yeah. things that they can say yes to, with uh, with things that allow them to essentially not use their adrenaline energy to, to jump into things. They need to kind of create a, a fairly blank environment so that they don't get stimulated by things 
so that they don't have this requirement for extra energy. So that, that's essentially, we just need to consider the other components to it. Yeah, that's so one. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. that really sort of puts it in, into a picture because you want the autophagy, you want the cleaning out of the broken proteins and the stuff that, you know, that, that makes us live longer when we do that on a regular basis and, you know, stopping mTOR and upregulating our AMPK and all of that sort of stuff. But yeah. it, it was still a bit of a, a mystery in my head, but how do I do that when I'm an activator or activator crusader I'm, yeah. you know, on that cusp? So for, you know, I get it that people on the Guardian side, they can go without. Um, <laughs> but for for me, you know, that, that that's always been. So if I'm going to do a fast, I need to make sure that I'm in a really non-stressed out situation and, and calm, which, yeah, doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, let's move now just briefly. We'll, we'll wrap it up shortly. But um, immunity. In, in relation to all of this uh, stress responses and, and so on, what's happening on a biochemistry level when when we're under the stress in, you know, right now with COVID and, you know, all the other we've got winter coming down here in the Southern Hemisphere, we don't want to get sick. We want to make sure our immune system's on fire. What can we do to improve our immune system in regards to these different body types? Yeah, perfect. So, um, and the most important thing here is that in order for our immune system to come on, then we have to get into stage three and homeostasis. Like they're the stages that we need to be in in order to stimulate our immune system. And so what that means, we have to put ourselves into recovery. And so one of the most profound things that we can do straight away where all of most of our recovery happens from the day, our mental recovery and our physical recovery is sleep. We need to make sure that we get enough sleep. Um, there are different things that create sleep for different people, but seven to nine hours is recommended for everybody. Um, and it's very, very important that we get that sleep to start with. So um, that's the first piece. The second piece then is every part of our environment is creating stress. Um, and so we need to make sure that we understand what's happening in the environment and how that's going to affect different people so that we can recover from that stress appropriately. And so if we were to go to the three groups once again, and I'll, I'll just preface this by saying that every single person's um, journey to an improved immune system is actually fully personalized and it needs to be tailored specifically to you. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, and that's, this is something, obviously, that we, that we work with you on, Lisa, with, with PH360. We've yep. got personalised immune protocols that actually allow you to do that and get all of this stuff that I'm about to address in principle, but for you specifically. So um, we have, if we were to talk about the go reverse order from last time, we talk about the activator and yep. the activator connectors first, a bit of a bit of crusader in there too, um, that top left of the circle. Um, essentially, uh, we're going to be looking at what are the things that... Um, remind like bring safety to this body movement will support that so if we do exercise high intensity exercise for this individual and then we have full recovery what we know from one bout of exercise you can get increased immunosurveillance that is your immune system is now more alert to wow. the environment around it and waiting for bacteria and virus and ready to pounce on them stronger we also know that if you're exercising regularly for eight to twelve weeks um, you will see uh, less chance of getting an infection, less chance or, or lower amounts of severity and lower amounts of time sick. So just being physically fitter 
has a profound effect on that. However, if you're a guardian or a diplomat and you're doing high intensity exercise in the morning, it actually adds to your stress load. Yeah. So, but if you do it in the afternoon, then that's going to really improve your immune function and your recovery throughout the night. Oh. So exercise oh, is a stress. It is a particularly potent way of enhancing your, uh, your immune system. And the same goes for sleep as well. Sleep, just one poor night's sleep can ruin 70% of your immune response. And so um, having enough sleep, really important. Making sure that you're moving, but moving in a way that's appropriate for your body at the right time, very yeah. important. And it's even more important for the activators uh, because their their body is, is so requiring the release of that pent-up stress. Um, then when we start talking about, if we start talking about guardians then, just to talk about a couple of different uh, different, different sort of topics, the guardians and the diplomats or even the guardians specifically, they need a really connected social environment. And if they're experiencing a lot of stress socially, like they're isolated from their family, mm -hmm. they're disconnected from the people that they really believe are very close, or if there's a lot of infighting and arguments and all that sort of stuff in the family home while they're in lockdown, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that social stress is going to create a whole lot of stress for this individual, put them into cope and then down-regulate their immune system. And you'll know this as well, is that if you're in a you know, stressful work relationship or social relationship, uh, you don't feel at your best and your immune system is actually being decreased this time, but it's even more for the guardians and the connectors. Gee. Then we have, you know, the, the sensors and the crusaders. Um, they're very neural in the way that they stress. And the so body type. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The lighter body type are more delicate. And so um, some movement is going to be great, but ultimately sleep is going to be important. Social is not going to be as important for this individual. Um, what's going to be really important is that they can actually calm their nervous system to bring them out of stage one stress. If they're doing meditation regularly, if they're going for slow jogs, uh, either of an evening or of a morning, or they're doing stretches and yoga, that actually calms the nervous system very well, which then takes them out of stress one, stage one and stage two, which allows their immune system to come back on. And so we have these different priorities. We've got you know, movement for the, the more mesomorphic bodies. We've got um, uh, social connectedness. Um, movement's also going to be very important up here too, as is food. And then we have the, the neural calmness and environmental calmness of warmth is going to be very important. But then we get into food. Food, you know, has all of these incredible little compounds that specifically drive your immune system to pick up or push down or uh, to, to be able to, um, you know, mount, like I said, you need enough protein to build your immune system. Generally, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. need you need your you need the right fats to control inflammation. Yep. You need um, the antioxidants to help reduce some of the damage that's going on when we're finding all of these bugs from the oxidative stress. And so, activators are going to need lots and lots of antioxidants for that reason because they experience more oxidative stress. Guardians are going to be better served to do some fasting. Um, and the, the, the fasting will really support them in bringing their blood sugar levels down, uh, helping them go into recovery, really supporting their digestive system, uh, controlling their uh, blood pressure in many cases as well, versus, and so uh, versus the, the sensors and crusaders are going to actually need a bit of carbohydrate. Yep. Uh, they're going because the carbohydrates provide mental calm for them because if they don't have carbohydrates, their brain can go into a stress state to provide fuel, breaking down protein, turning into carbohydrates with lots of cortisol. It's and amazing. so <clears throat> the compounds that you need specifically are, are individual, but we have these general principles that govern what different people need. And this is why 
if you know you say, yeah, I'm going to improve my immune system through this generic program right here, there's a very good chance it's not going to be appropriate for you. And so you really need to understand what your body needs so that you can get the best benefit. And most people will benefit from low calorie intake for a few days at least. Um, you know, activators, they do five days of, of no protein, no fats. No protein um, versus guardians will actually do very well on broth only, fluids only, you know, non-caloric fluids only for 10 days. Whereas the diplomat will need, you know, 10 days of, of just fruits and vegetables, but a very little protein, very little fats as well. So there's a um, different protocol for different individuals, but the lower calorie really helps to reset uh, the immune system in many ways. And there's been some lovely research by Professor Longo uh, yes. on that stuff around fasting and how it stimulates stem cell production of your immune cells. So if, if you're taking care of the whole body, you're understanding, you know, what kind of environment you need to be, what kind of movement is going to be appropriate, what kind of social environment is essential, um, then you put the right types of foods in as well. You're going to see a whole system-wide increase in your immune system. And the, the studies that we ran last year, we looked at very detailed immune markers and we saw significant change applying the protocols that are found in PA360. Uh, we saw significant change in the immune aggressivity and readiness in 10 days. So you can really change these markers very, very quickly. And really the only thing that we have um, is a strong immune system. That's that's the thing. That's what vaccines lean on as well. It yes. leans on your ability, ability to amount an immune response. Yeah. And this yeah. is why vaccines aren't effective, aren't as effective in some individuals with so suppressed immunity. Yep. Yep. So we we definitely we we need a strong immune system, irrespective of what path you take with this. Yes, absolutely, and that's just so so important right now. And to understand the nuance between the different types of detoxes and the different types of ways of dealing uh, with the different body types is just so so crucial. And autophagy and cleaning out, and it's it's like it's like taking out the garbage regularly. You know, and if, you know, I can put in you know, all of my antioxidants and all my good vitamins and all my good nutrients. But if I'm not taking the garbage out on a regular basis um, and doing that appropriately for my body type, um, then, you know, you're going to have suboptimal performance and suboptimal immune system. And yes. so stress, resilience, immunity, huge pieces of this giant puzzle that we're all trying to put together. And we're very complex. <laughs> it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy, but giving this framework to the whole thing with the different body types, I've never seen this in any other system that, that I've learned and, and or researched or read about where it's actually personalized, you know? Um, and that's why I think it's so powerful because, you know, like you can read a book on fasting and go, well, I'm going to do that but you need to know how to do it best for your body. And that's, you know, and how to detox for your body and how to, to how to do all this. Dr. Cam, you've been brilliant today again, as usual, um, a mine of information and just brilliance. So thank you very much for um, jumping on again. I really appreciate your time and the work that you do. Um, and if anybody wants help with understanding what health type you have, understanding this, specifically to you then that's what we do please reach out to us um or have all the links in the 
the show notes, but just head on over to lisatarmody.com, hit the work with us button, you'll see our peak epigenetics program. And this is the sort of people that we're working with. Dr. Cam is the, the CEO of PH360 in Australia, and he's one of our great teachers. Um, and this program is really, really beneficial for people who are wanting to optimize their genes, not just for stress and immunity and resilience, but also optimal performance in every area of your life so thanks very much dr cam anything to add today before we hop off yeah i will say one thing and that is um your body is always on your side so and the the thing that we think is that our body's fighting us or not cooperating with us or uh, essentially our response to stress whatever we think in our brain doesn't really matter what's going on in our body and the information we take from that is very very important so when your body is genuinely tired it's saying hey i don't have quite as much energy as what this activity requires um i need rest it's actually speaking to you and saying i need rest not saying oh my body sucks i've got to get better at uh not being tired yeah and i've just got to have more coffee your body is not deficient in caffeine it's it's actually deficient in the appropriate recovery for it and the biggest realization i had is that your body is always trying to do the best for you And if you start listening, you'll find that that stress recovery cycle is far easier to manage. And we didn't even get into resilience, which I'd love to talk about another time. Next time. Yeah. How when you're in that state of that balance between stress and recovery, you are able to mount an attack on anything that you want from a very, very strong place. And so the um, know that your body is always, always on your side. Start listening to it more. Um, because you'll start getting keys into when you need rest, when you can push. Um, there's a bunch of things that you can do around that, but I, I just want to really get you to start listening a lot more because that's where this can this can all start. And I think, you know, especially for some of the audience who are athletes and hard charges and people that, you know, go, 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 it's all very well and good, but just remember you're still made of flesh and blood and uh, you need to respect the biology. And there are times when we can push outside the, the norms and do crazy things and amazing things, but then afterwards you need to, to go into that recovery phase and you're not bulletproof like you think you are. Um, and there was one a good analogy, you know, your body will give you a little tap on the head saying, hey, I need a rest or I need something from you. And if you ignore it, then it will be a real hit on the on the shoulder. Hey, I need a rest. And next time it will be a Mack truck that comes and flattens yeah. you. you know, yeah. <laughs> And it will be something major. And we don't want that. So listen to the little taps <laughs> yes. before you have to get a Mack truck to put you on your back. <laughs> Absolutely. Just being a, a little bit fatigued after two hours of work is a, a little whisper in your ear. It's yeah. very, very good to listen at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to do that just now. Go go out for a walk in nature for, for 10 minutes and Beautiful. digest this wonderful information that you've given us today. So thank you, Dr. Cam. Oh, really appreciate it. Me on. It's great to be able to talk about this stuff. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Cam McDonald. He really is a mine of information. He is brilliant at the way he brings things across. He does it far better than I ever could. So I hope you enjoyed that session. If you're interested in doing the epigenetics program, we were 
discuss everything and learn everything about your specific set of genes and how they can be optimized through the right lifestyle interventions, the right diet, the right exercise, and everything that we've just talked about in this interview, then please head on over to lisatarmity.com, hit the work with us button, and you'll see our peak epigenetics program. Go over there, check it out. If you've got any questions, please reach out to our support at lisatarmity.com. Happy to jump on a call with you. What me or one of my colleagues can jump on a call, explain more about what it's all about and how it all works. Um, so make sure you do that. And thanks very much for listening again. We really do appreciate your time and attention. We don't take it for granted and we love you. Thank you very much for all the help you've given this podcast. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.